A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You are listening to the Missed Apex podcast. We live F1. Hi and welcome to the Missed Apex podcast. I'm here with Matt Trumpets. I like that guy. Hey, yo, what's up, Spanners? Yeah, pretty good. It's been one of those hellish weekends with no F1, Matt. How have you been coping? Well, I've been watching a hidebound sport of the rich and famous with archaic rules. Oh, go on then. Enlighten me. The Masters, of course. Oh, golf. Right. Just like Formula One, only, well, just like Formula One. It's not exactly the same as Formula One, is it? I mean, <laughs> <True>. they, <laughs> they go around in a certain order and they stay in that order till the end. <laughs> yes, but the rules are crazy. The people are, 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 are rich. And, well, you know, if you ever actually tried to play the sport yourself, you know that you have your choice of gasoline or electric vehicles. Yeah, that's true. I, I toyed with using an electric car and then people told me that I was far too young for that kind of thing. But it's so convenient. Oh, it is. And I do love the torque. I love it. And you don't get tired on the hills and stuff. Uh, but I know you're, you've been moving, Matt, so I really appreciate having you on. Yeah, no worries. It's good. I needed the break. I already made two trips today. So I was just uh, getting into calculating exactly how many cubic feet of material I'd moved between one apartment and the next. That's not interesting. How's the new area that you're moving to? It's, 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 well, you know, I thought it was great. It was really peaceful. Our apartment is sunny. I'm going to have a dedicated podcast slash music room, which I've never had before in all of my married life, which is getting to be rather extensive. Although it may be ending, (laughs) this move might be doing a cent, to be honest. It happens. It, it, it does. But, you know, they play the funniest band of baseball down there. Oh, yes. In the park opposite our house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Instead of having a home plate, they got like these three sticks and a bat is just like it's something seriously. It looks like it's got like a cancerous growth on it or something like oh, that. Oh, my. America has finally caught up to the wonderful sport of cricket. 
Is that what that is? <laughs> yes. Matt, you should God, get... No, no wonder you no longer rule the world. That's all I got to say. You should get involved. It's great. It's, it's like baseball, but you can actually deliberately aim for any part of the body. Okay. I'm intrigued. Okay. So uh, let's actually go to F1 instead of cricket for now. But um, <laughs> I did notice a few more people have found us this week for the last race review we did uh, for the Bahrain GP. And now, Matt, we love making these shows. We think we've become reasonably competent at putting some content out. But when it comes to like, advertising and telling people how to get to us, that's, that is just a dark art to me. Whenever I see a rise in listeners, I just scratch my head and I think, well, how did that happen? And the same when it goes down. I have no idea how to make people come to the podcast. Yeah, no, me either. Hopefully they just eventually find it of their own accord, word of mouth and all. So if you like what we're doing and... Uh, we would really appreciate it if you would just share a link with your mates or mention us on forums or, or things like that. I don't I don't really know how it works. If you know how it works, let us know. But for those finding us, we are an independent podcast. We are delighted currently to be featured on Downforce Radio for as long as they'll have us. That's where we host e-radio show, Matt, where we talk a lot about wheel-covered fairings. We do. We talk about that and we talk about batteries and we talk about qualifying, which I think we might talk about today. We might too. do. Oh, yeah, we could go Formula E style, couldn't we? But that is hosted on Downforce Radio, the nation's motorsport station. But we aim to bring you a race review before your Monday morning commute. And this show will also be safe for work so you can play it with kids in the background. So that's some housekeeping out of the way. Details on how to join the conversation to follow the chat room and call-ins, Matt. They're not a little afterthought we've had. They are integral to the future of Missed Apex. Yes, indeed. That's where we want to be. We want the viewers and the listeners to be as much a part of the podcast as we are. Should we, should we get some other people involved then, Matt? I like that idea. A veterinarian, an F1 guru, it's Chris Catman. How are you doing, Chris? Good, thanks, Spanners. How are you doing? I haven't made that up, have I? You're a vet. I am indeed. So do you like compare it to F1 and you say, it reminds me of when I have that long glove on and I have to do the thing with the cow? Nothing can beat that, to be honest. It's great on a winter's day. Sounds good. And also, rounding us off, we have to tell you how integral the chat room is. We've put a dedicated bod in the chat room seat uh, to, to manage that, who doesn't know about F1 and can just concentrate on what you guys are bringing us. Tony Thunderbeast Barnard. Thanks, T. I, well, I don't think I deserve the thanks this week after this slight technical hitch we well, had a few I minutes ago. I was about to say that your role had been expanded to a legit producer because you were running the live stream from your end. Well, I was supposed to be, but obviously I know just as much about live streaming as I do about F1. Right, okay, don't worry. We'll work on that. But guys, if you want to call in, Tony is there in the chat room to help you. Just ask him for advice on what to do. I'll accept any contact request on Skype so just add spanners ready and call in when you fancy or ask Tony to let you know and I'll call you so yes, why sir. don't we go on to some big dirty news right I didn't want to talk about this I said we weren't going to talk about it but it really is the big fat elephant in the room and Matt you set a precedence last week that we're allowed to talk about the elephant in the room so qualifying uh I, I wanted to ignore it i'm bored of it but they look to have made a decision that might have put it to bed for the time being we're going back to the old straight shootout three sections type qualifying yes yes we are it was finally decided it was put back on the table and the teams in a show of remarkable unanimity voted to go back to the 2015 qualifying with which there wasn't anything really terribly wrong 
No, but it wasn't amazing. I mean, I remember when that first came in, people were outraged. They were saying, oh, Q3's rubbish. You've only got eight, eight, eight or nine cars on the track. And now that they were begging, you know, begging to get this back. Yeah, and this will be, change is always difficult. And I was actually a little excited to see a new format come in. I was. Because, you know, writing the reports, you sort of look at it with different eyes. And it become very, very predictable to me, sort of the flow of the format. And I was enjoying having something new to grapple with even though I feel like they obviously didn't bother to listen to anyone when they put it together, or else it would have been much, 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 much better. Change would have been far better if they'd actually thought about it in advance and uh, not just done it two weeks before the start of the season, though, to be fair. Yeah, but that's essentially the point I was trying to make, is they they were told exactly what would happen, and they ignored it, and it was just every bit as bad as you might expect it to be, which leads to the naturally paranoid question, was this a poison pill? Did they do it on purpose for some ulterior motive? Ooh, a conspiracy theory. Surely not. I mean, that's a very elaborate conspiracy. Let's give them a qualifying format that, well, it well, it has potential. We will deliberately make it boring. Is that really, is anyone entertaining that? Well, it's always I, I always err on the side of incompetence over conspiracies because that yeah. explains almost everything, <laughs> I think. <laughs> but you could make the case because – and I think we're going to get into this later on – because FOM and FIA are looking at this new investigation by the European Union based on the midfield team's complaint. And we know for a fact, based on what Bernie said earlier, he flat out said that he feels like the manufacturer's teams are the cartel that's ruining F1. And it's got nothing at all to do with him and his gang of banksters actually running the sport. This could be a way because the teams acted unanimously of him basically being able to say the EU, well, it's not me, it's them. And, And shift the whole blame to them. My head hurts from shaking. How about you, Chris? shaking uh, my head my neck's popped out of joint he's saying that oh, it's not he, he does come on i do laugh in his interviews i think he's definitely got a sense of humor he plays like i'm the fuddy duddy old man but um i don't know if you saw it a couple of years ago he came on and he trolled the sky news staff and just said that silverstone you know hadn't stumped up the money for the deal and it was cancelled for the next year and when, when they expressed outrage he went well you know us british we, we don't like to be selfish and hog these things to ourselves and then he just dropped the mic and walked off stage left so he's not without a sense of humour, is he? Hey, sorry, yeah. I, I think um, no, Bernie's great. I, uh, my favourite thing with Bernie was when he went into the um, revolving door and couldn't find his way out of it. That, that kind of summarises his uh, management style for me. I don't think he can uh, complain about the current state of Formula 1 because I think he got us there. So, you know, with the, the teams having more power than they should do, especially with this stupid system of um, they all have to agree a change uh, unanimously. Okay, so uh, they're never going to vote the same way. So what was the difference then this time, Matt? Because the first vote, they didn't offer returning back to the system as an option. So this time they obviously have offered that and the teams have gone, yes, that's what we want. And they've taken it. Right. Well, I've seen lots of different things reported, but the standard the standard assumption tends to be that the FIA did not want to go back to old qualifying because, well, it made them look bad and stupid, yeah. which, of course, it made them look bad and stupid to have screwed it up that badly. I think that looking at TV ratings and just the general outrage, which was led by your favorite commentariat, 
Martin Brundle. Yeah. It just, I think they just said, I think they tried to find a way to frame it. So they, they were going to get something out of it. And I, I think, I think you, they could have made the argument that, Ooh, let's see, we're being investigated for being a cartel and for anti-competition. Well, now if the teams all stand up and stand together, well, then we can point them that direction and say, it's not really right. us. It's the governance. And if it's a governance, the contracts get torn up and the contracts get torn up. Well, then. I see. So this is really, I didn't understand it the first time you went through it, but now I've got it. So you think this is, has he just taken the opportunity to use this as a defense? I suppose he doesn't get to be a billionaire by being stupid. No, no, no. I don't think you really can accumulate that much money entirely by accident. So should we go on to the actual qualifying format itself then? Because I think we've got a few suggestions, Tony. Tony's just figuring out how to unmute the mic. Podcasts are hard. I'm here, I'm here. That sucks. I was in the middle of speaking to somebody, you know, doing my job. But I wasn't doing the other job of listening very well. All right, guys, uh, apologies for that. We've got some input from put 228 What do you guys think qualifying is, in uh, inverted commas? Should it give us a jumble grid or should it be about the fastest lap possible? It's what's qualifying for is a very fundamental question, isn't it? I mean, you've got to decide how the teams start the race on Sunday somehow. And do you have a merit-based system or a luck-based system where you draw lots? Or do you have something in between where it's mostly merit, but you add as many crappy factors in there as possible to, to kind of jumble it up a bit? Qualifying for me should be about getting the, the, the fastest guy towards the front and kind of having a show of how fast they can actually go. Um, I mean, if you want a, a jumbled up race, then you just could pick it at random and just not have qualifying at all. Yeah. So which end, obviously, all these formats, because if it was just, let's see who can go the fastest, they would just have an hour like they used to and say, just go out when you fancy it. And inevitably what happened was they waited until the last five minutes and it was dull as hell on Saturdays. I don't know why people don't remember that when they complain about the last three minutes of each 15 minute session being boring. They don't remember that it was dull for 55 minutes before. Go on, Matt. Right. Well, think about under the old qualifying format, things that made it interesting. And what made it interesting was when Kimi Raikkonen's Ferrari failed to exit Q3 and he had to start from the back or when yeah. Ricky Arder's car caught on fire and he couldn't finish or et cetera and so on. So obviously a bit of the random along with finding the fastest car is the ideal, I think, ideal combination for qualifying. And so then what you have to say is, well, what format is fair to the drivers gives you some randomness so that you have a reason to watch. So you don't wind up with the same result every single week because that turns off viewers. Why watch something live? I go watch something scripted if I want to know what happened in advance. Yeah. So you need, and and ultimately, and let's keep in mind that the aim of doing this was to make the racing more exciting on Sunday. But I think you need to do it in a way that the viewers and the fans don't consider to be artificial. So you can't just, you know, time ballast or success ballast is never going to fly in Formula One. It's that's true. just going too far. It's too artificial. And and that's a, that could be a fine line to to hit. But I jokingly mentioned Formula E and qualifying. Yeah. But I really do believe that if they were going to change the format up, I think that's the direction they should look. I um 
I love the chat room. Vivian just chipped in. She she loved the format Toby Gruner suggested on Twitter. Get rid of qualifying and start all 22 cars side by side like a horse race. Problem solved. <laughs> Hashtag hilarious. Oh, my God. Oh, I hope I'm following him. I know that guy. Yeah, he's funny. Well, I think that there's some merit to that. You'd have to widen the tracks a little bit, but, you know, why not? You'd have, you'd have to have a V on the grid, wouldn't you, with the middle yeah. of the V lined up with the outside of the racing line. No, I've got it. You actually have them facing the wrong direction, and they got to drive down <laughs> to the last turn and do a donut before they start. That's not actually bad. I do. I uh, yeah, I love that. And Vivian uh, w- would have been on, but she's feeling a bit under the weather. So get well soon, Queen V. Uh, see what happens, Matt. What happens this week if they get their way? They've gone back to the old qualifying, and as it very often has been over the last few years, it's a very dull hour on the Saturday. People, there's going to be a lot of red faces. Yeah, but see, not really, because what you're going to see is you're going to go back to that all the laps happen after the checkers have flown, and so the results change very rapidly. And people perceive that as being exciting, particularly if they're only following a single driver or, or rooting for a, a single team. Are we, are we, it's yeah. The global view, It you're like, oh, yeah, we're back to what where it always was, which is, yeah, okay, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was trying out a new hand symbol. So when I do make this like T shape, I'm I'm gesturing to Tony to go to the chat room. Oh, See, I thought you wanted that a means brew. time out to me. Yeah, or make a cup of tea. So I thought it was you a wanted a cup of tea. Okay, from I now when I make that. the gesture of polishing a bald schwad, yeah, that that means. <laughs> go to the but I've got too much hair it makes noise on the mic you see I'm not bald I just cut a chart you've got a very large. Looks like you're being very vain that's all that is you've got a very large parting tea that's all isn't it. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, so moving swiftly on, MG5904, oldie-style Le Mans running start. How about that? Oh, it's with the hands devices and the helmets and the drinks bottles. Uh, I'd love to see it, but we're, with these cars, not physically possible, is it, Catman? Uh, no, although it would be an interesting option for qualifying. We could just get them to jog around the circuit and see who could go around the fastest that way. Or rowing machines or something like that. Do you know what my favourite yeah. suggestion was? It was this aggregate time where they said, well, let's do several laps and add it together. And it's like, hmm, a format where they do as many, a certain number of laps and then combine the time. Don't we already have something like that? I think it's called a race. <laughs> the race. <laughs> they actually tried that in 2005 for a, couple of, for a couple of races. And it was every bit the disaster you would expect a moribund duo of Eccleston and Toad to come up with. Yeah, they they had on the Saturday, they had the low fuel running. And then on Sunday, they had to run with the race fuel that you were going to run with. And it just made an absolute farce of it. Yeah, because you'd get some guy who decided, I fancy being on pole with three three laps worth of fuel. Truly. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you are no way you could explain that to me. I'm, I'm rubbing oh. my head. Look, I'm rubbing my head. <laughs> um, in the old chat room again, guys. Anil P228, Formula E has the best quality format, winky emoji face. Now, this is a serious a serious uh, option, Matt. What do you reckon? I reckon it ticks every box that they said they wanted, so it would never happen. But it does uh, tick every box because you have you only get one shot. You only get one, one shot to set a time, so a lot of pressure on the driver. If they screw it up, they're definitely at the back of the grid. You don't use up a ton of tires. 
and the top and the out of each group you take the top time so you're getting the fastest runners groups are assigned randomly so there's some definite randomness induced but over the course of the season that will even out and then top time is the is is pole position so your top five are set from the super pole lap and the others go in, in order of fastest time so if you're second fastest in your group then you're going to be p6 yeah if you beat everybody else in the other groups so it's fair it's based on the driver's skill. There's some randomness. And if you screw up, you're definitely punished for it. I and, think it's a lot more pressure yeah, than the drivers. It's, it's Buemi who's showing exactly how that system works. By far the fastest car. That suits him. He has the ultimate pace in that car, but he can't yeah. string that final lap together. He went ages of going all out and hitting walls and, and break, locking up and going deep into runoff areas to ruin his lap. He's then outthought himself, gone ultra conservative, and also ended up in eighth place. So it's played mind games with him. It's possibly something that would benefit F1. In a- yeah, I, I do. I would think something like that would be, if you were going to make a change, I would definitely argue that direction is the way to go. Okay, then. So are we can can I now live my dream of not talking about qualifying formats for a little while? You can never yeah, speak absolutely. about qualifying ever again. I think they've just sorted it. It's definitely <laughs> all just sorted. So, uh, oh, item number three. Now, F1's not always had a good rap, and they're always talking about it being economical or these big hungry engines with no road relevance. But recently, people have been saying that F1 engines with their teeny tiny little V6s are more economical than electric vehicles. It it can't be true. A vehicle of that performance, flat out, can't be more, more economical than these electric vehicles which are being heralded as like the future of saving us from the Russian oil. Oh, or the Middle East oil, or whoever think, is the movie I, bad guy this time. I think people are getting the words efficiency and economic uh, economy mixed up. Right. The, obviously, it's it, the electric vehicle might not be as efficient, but it, economically, come on, how much fuel are you burning up in a Formula One car? Seriously, how how is that more <laughs> economical? Are they talking about whole life costs, are they, Matt? Well, uh, sorry, I was just watching a whole one on the Masters. But to get back to Formula One... <laughs> Okay, was it was Shane it Lowry, dude? Man, was it one of the ones that shot. hits the flag and goes in, or did it roll a little? Or no, stro- over the top and rolled back and dropped right in the cup. Well, you can't argue when there's a bit of back. Sixteenth hole you is can't beautiful, argue with that. right? But you don't care about that because it's Formula One. So what I would say to you is, if you, what you really have to look at, if you read the articles, you have to look at the assumptions they make in order to make that statement true. And what they're talking about is the overall efficiency of the Formula One engine which they're pegging right now at around 45% total efficiency of the engine or so power unit. you get 45% me. of usable energy for everything you bring right. in. Between thermal and, and, Lost, and, and so gas yeah. okay. back. And what they're saying is the electricity generated for a typical electric car oftentimes comes from an old coal or petroleum power plant whose efficiency is only around 30%, which is uh, right around the efficiency of a standard internal combustion engine. So what they're saying, in essence, is our car is more efficient because we extract more energy from it relative to how the electricity is generated for your average road-going electric car, which is a bit torturous, to be fair. But 
also is pretty amazing if you look at how efficient the engine actually is. And they said that they're, they think they're going to be north of 50% efficiency in another couple of, in, in another year or two. Yeah, I mean that that is quite amazing. But did they go into um, how how much energy and how much how or rather uh, how many fossil fuels they have to burn to make the batteries themselves? Because I know that that's quite an inefficient process. Yeah, no, they didn't talk about the environmental cost of of making the batteries and and this that and the other. They were just comparing the efficiency of the electricity generation versus the efficiency of Formula One power generation on the grid. But what interested me most, and I think if you're talking about roadside applications, what they asked Andy, 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 head of Mercedes power units, like, well, but what would your road relevance be? He said, well, let me put it to you this way. If you gave me a free hand and said, what engine are you going to put in in a C-class car? He said, imagine a 400cc twin turbo that can generate 200 horsepower. He says two cylinders, two wow. cylinder, 400 cc twin turbo that g- generates 200 that horsepower. That would sound awful. And think about that with the hybrid technology. He says you can make it work. He said, and it's really to the point where the ice is almost like a range extender for the electrics part of it. But it's, he said the problem with the electrics, the batteries are heavy. And once you add heavy, you kill usability. The hybrid system is one that he's really promoting. Physics is a horrid, horrid, evil taskmaster. There's just no way, you know, to get around that the Newtonianness of it all, is there? No, but but I mean, essentially, he's describing what to me is a motorcycle engine: two cylinders, four hundred cc. Yeah, yeah, I remember two strokes. But two hundred horsepower and running a family sedan, and you can imagine mm-hmm. the mileage on that It'd have to be north of fifty or sixty. Anyway, so it's a fair comparison if you accept their very rigid assumptions. Otherwise, it's, of course, a bit ridiculous. Anyone else on things being economical and green? I really don't care about them. No, no. me neither. <laughs> let's, Burn the planet, it's fine. It's, okay. got no, it's got no place in racing for me. Let's just, let's just let them. Let's just let them run. It's nothing the fans can see, is it? So uh, if you tell me there's some greater good, I'll believe you, but I won't lose any sleep if you decide to just make the 22 cars out of the billion on the planet use a hell shed load of fuel i just don't care so <laughs> i tell you who does care today's episode of missed apex podcast is brought to you by soylent tutoring soylent tutoring are proud to announce the new gcse maths complete revision e-course is now available normally it goes for 15 pounds but use the code missed apex f1 for eight pounds off now using my maths that's nearly almost half less than you would normally pay good at maths me it covers the fundamentals of gcse maths Uh, the course will cover everything in the numbers topic of the curriculum with easy to follow video lectures so go to facebook.com forward slash soylent tuition soylent s-o-l-e-n-t tuition use the offer code missed apex f1 and you're getting two hours of math tuition for seven quid let the little the little girl have a go at that as well. Uh, item number four. Williams, Force India and Manor are planning to use only four engines instead of five this season as it will save them one and a half million euros. But presumably they just have to chug around on broken engines for a couple of races. 
to be fair, none of them are using a Ferrari, so that's absolutely fine. They won't explode or anything. It's good. Oh, man. Doesn't it break your heart when you see the teams that have just been the engines in like race one and two? It's like, oh, it's, it's, it's such a I debil- love that. Do you? I love that. That That's like, to me, that is the essence of Formula One. Oh, he's in the lead. He's going to win. Oh, look, his engine is on fire. The car has exploded. I mean, that that randomness, that's why we watch. Okay, then, you guys. How much power does the engine lose as it gets older? Is this something we know? Is there a significant performance difference from making it last an extra race? I guess it's got to last five instead of four races. I'd imagine yes. that... Oh, so gone. No, sorry, I was replying to someone in the chat room and no one jumped in. So you go for it, I would say I was just going to confirm that, yes, they do lose power by the time they hit the end of their life. But I don't have a specific number. Is that because they have to turn the engines down or is that purely because of the the, the fatigue on the on the metal components, though? Wear and tear. Go, go, go put your own 20 year old car on the dyno and see how the horsepower compares. And you see that it's definitely away from when the engine was brand new. It just happens. My Citroen Picasso is running every bit as sweet as it was 14 and a half years ago. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, You've got a Picasso? Yeah. Oh, man, that's such a sweet ride. I know. It's, you're all like a little bit higher than everyone else and it's kind of long and you can like put stuff in the boot. It's brilliant. It's big boot. There's nothing. There's not a feeling in a world like driving around in an amazing car. You just feel fantastic, don't you? Okay, so this is completely off topic. But speaking of driving around in fantastic cars, a friend of mine has a brand new Audi S4 that he's had modified by the factory to what he called phase two, around 500 horsepower. Where and do you he took me that? for a spin <laughs> in it. <laughs> and can I just tell you, if you should ever be lucky enough to sit in the passenger seat, make sure you put your head against the headrest before they step on the loud pedal. Because every time he did, it just banged me into the back of the seat. It was mental. Where do you even drive a car like that? Was that just, yeah. you know, just down the block? Yeah, it was just down the block. It was late at night. Down the block. He said, this is what happens when I step all the way on the gas. Bang. Okay, so you, mate, you're minutes. preaching to the choir. Spanners knows all about that. Because the Citroen Picasso will do exactly that, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of. If you hit a wall or you go fall <laughs> off a cliff. So the teams that are involved in doing this are, are Williams. Uh, we know that they haven't got the backing of a big manufacturer. We've got Force India, who always sort of seem to be in financial trouble. Manor, who we know are a new team struggling at the back. Surprised not to see Sauber, actually, in that list. Uh, hang on, hang on. Did you did you just call Manor a new team? It feels like they're a new team, doesn't it? I don't know why. They just still seem... I guess it's been four years now. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while. Like, as an entity, they've been there for a while. Are they still not the second newest team? Can you not let, just have let that ride? No. I don't, I'm not entirely sure Sal are going to get through more than one of their uh, five engines, to be honest, though. But I'm sure we'll come on to that. But yep. come on to it now. We know that uh, Monisha was uh, missing from Bahrain because she was apparently in Switzerland. And if I know one thing about Switzerland, it's that there's mountains and money. So she was there trying to sort out the finances. And then the news coming out is that they have had to lean on one of their sponsors to bail them out just to keep them going. What, you mean they haven't had to employ another five drivers? Oh, do you reckon that's part of their problem? I reckon. I reckon they need to put about three seats in each car just to make it work. All right, then. Well, talking about seats in cars. No, there's no good segue here. Chris. (laughs) Let's move on to 2017 regulations, because I hear 
that you were a little bit upset about one or two things you've heard. Me and Matt are not as up to speed as you are, so we're going to grill you. Everyone knows there's too much aero wake in F1, so what they're going to do is they're going to halve the aero for better racing and to bring down the costs of designers. Done. Well, they say they're going to do that, but the the essence of the new regulations are they're going to have wider cars, so the, the wings are going to be a little bit wider, so the aero wash will be a bit more. They're also going to have uh, bigger tyres, which are going to cause, again, more disruption to the airflow behind them. And they're also going to have a bigger diffuser as well. So basically, they're going back to the days before 2009 with the overtaking working group. They introduced the current system of cars with the really tall rear wings and, the, and that sort of thing. When Back in 2009, when Button in his white brawn car basically looked like a toy matchbox car, essentially. Um, but the idea behind that was to promote overtaking. But unfortunately, what they've done with these is they want to make them look swish again, but they're going backwards in terms of aerodynamic wash. And it'll just be harder to follow, less overtaking. And I just think it's the completely the wrong way to go. Now, uh, I'd, 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 <laughs> go on. has it been has that that's not been decided, though? That's not been no. settled upon. This is just what they're suggesting. That's what they're suggesting. But so to be fair, in the world of Formula One, they're probably going to do completely the opposite of what they've said they're going to do. So. Well, I've noticed that there have been a few practical objections, namely that Pirelli is going to refuse to build these tires without testing cars and that nobody wants to build an extra car because it's just too bloody expensive to do so. So they're not going to be able to get new tires on a wider chassis because they don't have one to test. Yeah, and and I think that's a, a major point. If they're going to make such big sweeping rule changes, especially with much bigger tires, they're really going to have to put some thought into it. Otherwise, we're going to get a situation like the qualifying again. And of, where... and of course, we have ample evidence that the FIA often thinks things out clearly in advance before they act. I mean, certainly the radio <laughs> regulations didn't cause any trouble with the red flags, did they? <laughs> I mean, uh, Ferrari didn't get in trouble <laughs> for putting that message on their pit board in yeah. Melbourne, did they? Jesus Christ. Oh, okay, then. Well, uh, is this another power play then, Matt? Is it let's let's put out, let's get everyone up in arms again? <clears throat> no, this isn't a power play. This, this is just how things are done. They just talk. They, they, <laughs> they literally, they literally just say things and sort it out later. Okay, so honestly, it, it, it's it, like a presidential campaign, only it never stops. It's very, very <laughs> interesting. In, not interesting, irritating was the word I was going for. It's very, very yeah, irritating that they keep on with this obsession with lap time and more and more aero. And I, there's no one out there that's going to be going, oh, shut up, Spanish. It's the most obvious thing in the world to say, isn't it? Which is, we don't care what the clock says by the time they finish. We care about what we've seen and their ability to compete against each other. Well, but let's face it, what makes the race worth worth watching? Is it watching a car on a screen go fast or is it watching cars fighting for position lap after lap? That one, that one, the one you said last. The one I just said, right? Yeah, agreed. I could see see if you ran Formula One saying part of our brief is that our cars should be faster than any other cars on a purpose-built circuit, but... You don't have to, they don't have to be 22 seconds faster around the no. lap. And, and it's, as a point has been made, you can't see it on TV. It doesn't matter. It okay. just doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. So what we keep being told, what I keep hearing is that instead of aerodynamic grip, 
you have a lot of aero on the car as you go fast that pushes your car into the ground the more into the ground you are the more you can grip and go around a corner very quickly now matt what i don't always understand and now you're gonna have to use your imagination here just imagine for a second that i'm someone who doesn't really understand formula one Oh, yeah, I'm the guy. You don't have to... Oh, right, okay, yeah. You're ex- I'm the guy. I'm the guy who doesn't know about Formula One. Cool. So explain. someone explain to poor Tony, what do they mean by mechanical grip? Not just the just what the tyres give you. What else can give you mechanical grip? Well, mechanisms, of course. God damn you, trumpets. Come on. Are we talking about, you know... Are we, of course, yes. Are we talking it's about... It's all so clear to me Sorry. now. Sorry. No, very much things like suspension plays a large part in in how the car stays planted on the road while it drives around. But tires, suspension, even the weight distribution, things like that all all come into play when when you're when you're when you're calculating the mechanical grip. Catman, you look like yeah, you one of the more other yeah, one of the other things that you can look at doing when you've uh, trying to create. Um, grip in in terms of not causing aerodynamic wash you can actually generate that downforce underneath the car so you want to be they used to have a thing called a skirt which i'm sure all of you gentlemen have never uh, come across before um but uh, family show chris family show <laughs> um so you've got a um a, a skirt around the outside which basically traps the air underneath the car so the lower the car gets the more it sucks down onto the track and if you generate downforce underneath the car and then put it out in a plain way rather than with a tricky diffuser, you basically get a lot of downforce and mechanical grip without causing all of the aerodynamic wash that makes it hard to follow. Uh, now, forgive me if I'm wrong, but isn't that what led to Senna's death? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. In that, basically, there wasn't enough room for the air to escape. It sort of built up and lifted the car almost so he couldn't turn. Um, I, I'm not sure whether they thought the steering column was more to blame and that snapped. Ah. 
Oh, okay. Sure. I think it was just one that, that, program I, I saw in the nineties. Conspiracy 90s. theory. Oh, was it? Oh, okay then. Fair enough. Well, I thought I thought that was the reason they had the plank canal. To be honest, I'd got that into my head that they had the plank to show that it had to be a certain height above the ground. Minimum minimum height above yeah, yeah. the track. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was the reason. All right then, guys. So uh, something that's been annoying me, Catman, if you've got everything off your chest, is I've been hearing for ages. Oh, Ferrari get a certain amount of money just for being Ferrari. However. What I didn't realise was exactly how much extra they've got. They are the rock stars of Formula One. How, with the advantage they have in prize money, Matt, are they not just winning it every year? Like, frankly, I've lost all respect for Ferrari. You see how much cash they're getting extra. I've got the list in front of me. I've put it in the notes. And they get a big old payment just for being Ferrari. In fact, it's listed as all the teams get 80... uh, Hang on. All the teams in column one get 35 million. Then there's some results-based type payments. And then there's one column, which is LST, which stands for Long Standing Team. And the payment is 70 million, and Ferrari is the only team that gets that. That is astonishing. Does anyone know the criteria for a long-standing team? Like I think you have to be Ferrari. I think that looks to be the criteria. Yeah. Ferrari... I well, thought the Renault team were negotiating to become a LST when they were coming back in and buying Lotus over. I thought that was one of the conditions of them coming back into the sport as a manufacturer. And I would say you probably want to look at the 2017 columns to see if that happened or not. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Uh, I, w- I would guess. But to to answer your first of many questions, Pope. Oh, sorry. I did the thing where I asked 10 questions and then shut up and just leave you to it. Sorry. As to how Ferrari could have so much money and yet not be competitive necessarily, my response to that would be, have you ever bothered to look at the country of Italy properly? I have been there recently. And I, I, yeah, fantastic, I just, a fantastic I'm, I'm country. I'm saying they have a bit of a reputation from time to time and perhaps not entirely undeserved. I don't know. I'm just saying they're Italian. It could happen. But think of the longstanding team's payment is like seniority payment. You get payment for being good at your job, but you also get more pay simply for having been at your job for a long time. And the original genesis of this was that of all the teams in Formula One, Ferrari has essentially been responsible for the entire modern era of Formula One. There was a period of several years where had Ferrari not supported the sport, it simply would not have existed. And this is where this originally came from. But Mr. Eccleston in his, well, in his Mr. Eccleston-ness has gone on to use these sorts of payments. Like, for example, Red Bull gets one of these payments, even though they've not been in the sport all that very long. But what they did do, entertainingly enough, right before they got their payment, was they withdrew from the Formula One Teams Association, thereby driving a stake through the heart of it. Right at the time, the Formula One Teams Association had set up contracts with racetracks and were threatening to walk away from Formula One and set up their own series entertainingly enough, back in 2008 and 2009, uh, which we may be seeing replayed again, uh, depending upon the outcome of the European Union investigation. We get a a breakaway series threat once every five years, I reckon. (laughs) And it's just posturing, to be honest. And it's just trying to... Them trying to exert what little um, kind of position that they actually have to try and 
see if they can get a little bit more money, which is fair enough when you look at the division of 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 money here. I mean, the the top, which is Ferrari, getting 192 million, and the the least that they're getting at Manor is 47, and that's that's just absolutely crazy difference there. It's bonkers. Well, it's always a Premier League they bring up in terms of looking at something that's more equitable and sustainable. And I, I believe that was part of what originally went to the um, European Union when Annalise Dodds complained because uh, her district, county, borough, whatever the hell it is you call it over there, housed Caterham, which went belly up and a lot of people lost their jobs. And so that was the basis of the initial complaint. Okay, and... Uh... What what are the chat room going on about these days, Tony? All right, yeah, the the chat room were quite uh, busy talking about the um, making the cars faster without making so much more aerodynamically dependent. So MG fifty nine oh four was saying there are ways to achieve a faster, more brutal car without making them so dependent on aerodynamics, and um, he said uh, an LP two two eight the cars would be much faster now if. We could, if the tires didn't need to be nursed so much, and an LP jumped in with, imagine high quality tires that were also wider than the current tires, easily four to five seconds a lap faster in race time. Anything you want to jump on there, Matt? No, I, I think I think it's good to point out that if the point is having faster cars, if you look at this year's regulations, look at the lap time we had in Quali for Bahrain, fastest lap. Ever. These cars are really fast. What they can't do right now is drive fast over an entire race distance. And that's due partly to the fuel limitation, but also very, very much to the tire limitation, which, let's face it, were introduced as an artificial means to recreate a particular race that excited a particular person who happens to be running the sport because the FIA sold them the TV rights for a hundred years and they're infinite. <laughs> I suppose we could call it wisdom, but I don't think that's really the right word. Okay, then let's move on because I want to get to the actual championship and the racing and away from some of the news. We do have a caller on the line who we'll get to in just a moment, just to remind you that you can find us on Ustream and join in the chat. That's the letter U followed by stream. Find Spanners Ready on there. That's my channel. If you follow us, you'll get a notification whenever we go live. You can watch us right from the app, and the app has a built-in chat room. But why not call in? You don't need any fancy technology. You can just call in from the mobile app on your phone. And braving the airways is friend of the show and e-radio person, Ryan Ferris. How are you going there, Ferret? Hi guys, I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for calling in, Ryan. We're starting to now talk about sort of the championship progress and how things have been going so far. What would you like to say? Well, I'd like to say that um, although the racing at the front uh, hasn't been ama- uh, amazing so far this season... No, just I've Nico noticed, on his own. I, I've noticed that midfield and towards the back of the pack has been real good. It Like the manners, uh, like previous years, haven't just dropped off the back after la- after the first couple of laps and just... no disappeared and i i generally think that the way the manners are going they could possibly be scoring points not due to the fact that loads of people have suddenly come out the race yeah uh, um what what feel... do you what do you attribute that that manner that sort of change of step to is it just this one talented driver or the mercedes engine what, what do you put it down to i'd put it to both because i know verline's a brilliant driver he's uh from correct he's been a dcm champion 
and um, he's uh, they've got the Mercedes package, uh, so it's made them uh, more competitive. Uh, but I feel that the quality of uh, the midfield pack has become quite good, and it's been there's been some quite close racing that we haven't really seen over the last few years uh, in the mid to rear pack. So who else has impressed you in the midfield? Well, it's it's sort of been uh, that well Haas. Uh, I I don't know why, but I think it's a really nice looking car and nice car <laughs> in general. It's the um, American style, Matt. <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with loads and loads and loads of extra wind tunnel time. No, and no, uh, no. is anyone watching in the live stream can see my T-shirt? I have a number 41 has NASCAR T-shirt there. Nice. I thought you had a hat as well. Where's your hat gone? I, I do. I do have a hat. I didn't bring the hat. I thought the T-shirt would be enough for you, Chris. I'm, I apologize. Oh. I failed you. So, uh, Ryan, you fancy Haas and Grosjean to do to do well going forward? Yes, uh, I Grosjean's been doing a fantastic job, but pity that uh, Gutierrez has, well, got taken out by Alonso in the first race and then fell foul to technical problems in the second race. So I, I'm wondering what he's going to be able to do uh, come China. If well, I think, I think Matt's put the blame squarely on him for getting in Alonso's way, haven't you, Matt? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it was mental. It was almost as bad as Freens being in front of Boomi. I mean, what the hell was he thinking? So uh, we are going to let you go, Ryan. But before you go, <laughs> we're going to let you have the first word on the Lewis and Nico battle. What do you think is going on there? Is this Nico the start of his domination? Well, Nico was becoming quite dominant towards the end once, but it was uh, of last season, but it's sort of like he decided to do it at the wrong point of the championship because Lewis had already secured it. But I think he's sort of, uh, it seems that Rosberg, in order to do well, he has to be 100% confident with what he's doing and I felt that at times last season he wasn't 100% confident and that's where Lewis had the edge where this season he's gone off the back of doing well in the, at the end of last season so now he's starting he's carried that into the start of this season and with Lewis having a couple of bad races I think I, I hope that he's going to be world champion and not Lewis this season boo unfortunately unfortunately there's a bit of static on the line I, I can't really make you out so we're gonna have to let you go there ryan and uh see you soon on e-radio show bye ryan okay thanks guys how that is he's a traitor how un-british how un-british is that surely lewis is gonna get this back chris i i i suspect that once lewis uh gets his head into the right place and actually stops flying around and doing all these parties and things (laughs) and he might actually really uh, start getting his, his bum into gear it's nothing to do with that, surely. Surely he just got clattered by Valtteri. Hang on, let's go to Tony. Yeah, just before I move on too much, and it sort of becomes irrelevant, it's a good point. MG5904 hopes that the midfield can continue to develop over the season and keep that pack tightly fighting so that not everybody is just looking to the front of the pack for action in a race. There's a lot going on all over. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And Tony, don't worry if the chat room's comments bring us back half a step, uh, because it's all about them. It's not all about us chuntering on and, and Matt talking about how things used to be better in the old days. Or is that Carlo Carluccio? The conversation on this sort of this episode has been quite heavily leaned towards the chat room. So imagine if they weren't here, this would be rubbish. Oh, I mean, I don't know no, whether to I mean, agree or disagree. Come, we would have come up with something insightful and interesting. We would have just story. talked yeah. about cricket and slow cookers for ages. All right, and then. driving our mates fast cars. Matt, I, I think that this has been a couple of freak results. There's something going on with that clutch. I don't think he's really been to blame for turn one. 
it, it would have been Nico probably as well. We, we, we can't read too much into these first two wins for, for the German Nico Rosberg, can we? I don't want to make Formula it about one nationality. One is very interesting this way. My take on it is primarily if you look at where Lewis has suffered, it's been at the start of the races. In Australia, there was a second formation lap in the clutch. And again, he had wheel spin getting off the line in Bahrain. Had he had he simply slotted into position two and followed Rosberg, we would have gotten, it would have been a much more interesting determination in terms of comparing the two of them because he would have had the advantage, Rosberg, that is, uh, of position on track. But Lewis would have had a proper chance to try and get past him. And we might have seen some interesting strategy choices being made as to whether Lewis might have gone super soft, super soft to try and get past him or whether yeah. the team would have tried to talk him into the medium tire to do a long stint and then get past him on fresh tires, which tends to be their B strategy. But that didn't happen because Botas drove into him and, and, and wrecked his car, so he lacked the arrow to make anything like a race of it. But the real issue is the starts for him. That being said, Formula One is only 20, 21, 22 races long, so you can see a streak of what might be considered bad luck or random occurrences severely impact a championship race. I mean, we saw it last year with Rosberg having more issues than Hamilton. The year before, Hamilton had more issues than Rosberg. So over enough time, these things balance out. But over a shorter period of time, it can be very unequal. He might be behind the eight ball. And the question is, will he get out from under it before they bring him a new clutch? They're also bringing a new car update one that he says he likes much better in the simulator. This, too, could be something that that really changes the calculus of the race. We just won't know till it gets here. Mercedes are working with parent company Daimler on uh, trying to improve their starts, especially with the, the clutch system, as you said. They've got... Uh, they've gone from a double clutch system down to a, a single uh, hand clutch down. I think that's been a bit difficult to implement for some of them. Although in um, in Bahrain, Lewis just said that he was, I think he was just a bit slow off the line. I don't know, maybe he was thinking about something else, but um, he was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who knows. But uh, so, yeah, I think I think once he gets those starts under control, I mean, Nico's not had any any Unlike real Rosberg, pressure. who started his formation lap in, in, in the second gear instead of first gear, I think <laughs> it's amazing to me they can even drive the cars. They have to do so much stuff to get them around the track. Nico Rosberg has a young baby, and to be fair, I'm, I'm impressed he gets to the track. I'm impressed he doesn't fall asleep on the parade lap. Uh, so, you know, hats off to him uh, just for being there. Uh, Nico, if you need anything to keep you awake at night, a Dad's View podcast. Uh, at ADV Podcast. Just just, just putting it out there for, for all dads. Tony, I just had a glance in the chat room, and why is there a lot of talk about mothers? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it was something about your mom. I think <laughs> Matt PT 55 had something to do with that. Okay, then, so is there any non-your-mama comments? Oh, I've got to say this, though. An LP228 jumps in at my mum would be a fairly boring discussion point, FYI. Well, I would agree. Mine is also boring. But anyway... He also says he expects McLaren and Red Bull to jump <laughs> forward and their next ice upgrade to come in. If Toro Rosso don't get a podium early on, he doesn't think it'll happen. They'll fall back fairly quickly. Okay, on that then, Anil, McLaren irrelevant. Is anyone, I'm going to looking at the faces of my panel to see if anyone's upset. I don't think, it doesn't matter how much they upgrade their ICE. Nothing's happening with that Honda engine this season. McLaren fans need to go back and crawl into their cave and come up. Oh, hang on a second. No one will have a chance to disagree with me. No one will have a chance to disagree with me because we have a caller on the line. Hello, caller. Have you connected? Have I done it right? Have I Skyped correctly? Oh, uh, probably. 
Ah, here we go. Who have we got? We've got friend of the show, Fortis. How's it going, mate? Did you sense that we were talking about Lewis and Nico? Yeah, I've got my radar on. <laughs> <You're Lewis. laughs> I've got that Lewis Hamilton radar going. Tell you what, Chris here says that Lewis is distracted by all his parties and stuff, and that's why he can't get off the line. Oh, well, party like a rock star. That's what I say. That hasn't changed, uh-huh. though. He's always done that. Well, you know, it's, about t- it's, it's kind of a tire- tiresome argument now, isn't it? <laughs> I, I mean, think so, yeah. You've won three, you've yeah. won three world championships, and people still asking, oh, are you partying too much? <laughs> uh, it I looks like him. he's partying the right <laughs> amount, doesn't it, to be fair? I mean... You can you can party and still win championship. What does that say about the ones who don't party and can't win championships? So well, what's going on this season then? It's he's he's zero for two, Fortis. He's zero for two. Your boy is not producing the goods. What's going on? He's seventeen points behind. Two thousand and fourteen, he was twenty five. So, so it's nothing. So what you're doing is he's he's doing less terribly than two years ago. Of course. <laughs> so what? So what does he need to do to get back in the championship? Just nothing. Status quo. Let let nature sort itself out. Look, at the end of the day, what happened? It happens. You know what I mean? Everyone has bad starts. Nico, Nico had the same problem. Was it last year? Up until the Spanish Grand Prix, he was having bad starts continuously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I mean, once that gets sorted out, I think he'd be all right because pace wise, if you look at the previous two races, I mean, even in practice. Nika wasn't even on his pace. Qualify, nope. Nika. I thought if he had won in Australia, Nika would have been a broken man. Because yeah, his that, little three-run thing would have come to an end and been exposed. Yeah, I don't think it's not that. It's the manner in which he got poor. And if you looked at Nika's um, reaction after that poor lap, he looked broken. He just looked. <laughs> he had this dazed look on his face, like, "Oh my God, no, not again." And then Bahrain. <laughs> He came out after losing Paul that he was sure he had Paul, only to see that time kind of like he was dumb. You know what I mean? He was a bit dazed and looking, oh, okay, this cannot, I can't afford to repeat in 2015. But So I know, I know you're a Lewis Hamilton fan, uh, but do you rate Nico at all? Yeah, you have to give him his props. You can't, you can't, I mean, you can't look at him and say, oh, he's not good. You know what I mean? The guy, the guy, when he's on form, he's on form. And he's gonna, and he's bloody quick. Yep. You know what I mean. So I'm not gonna take that away from him and say, "Oh, he's not good. He's good." You know what I mean. So I have to give him respect. But people, you have those the Lewis Hamilton haters. You know, like that Muppet Australian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that's him. That's it, Muppet Australian. Um, with that, now, now, you're you know, not talking about Mark Webber. You're talking about a specific person on the yeah, internet. That, not, no, not Mark Webber, you, you call him a sane Australian. The other idiot. You know who I'm talking about. But anyway, enough. he's getting enough for my time. You know, <laughs> in, those are the people who make Rosberg look bad because their, their impression is Lewis should be wiping the floor with him. Yeah. You can't say that. He's not Mark Webber. He's not. Well, he's not Kimi Raikkonen. You know Rube, what I mean? He's not Rubens Barrichello. No, I oh, know what you're okay. saying. So, and I think put Vettel in the in the Mercedes, he'd have the same problem against Rosberg. Ooh. But Alonso in the Mercedes, I think he'd have the same problem. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take that off because It looks like you've got a wonderful time going on in the background there, Fortis. I'm very tempted to make you our official Lewis Hamilton correspondent, uh, and I hope you'll call back again soon. Yeah, just don't just don't. 
put me let me speak to an australian <laughs> all right buddy okay bye <laughs> all I, right I, w- I would like just to say that australians are of course welcome on mr apex podcast not that I'm being mischievous or anything, but in terms of giving Rosberg his props, didn't he beat <laughs> Schumacher? Well, he did, but Schumacher was pretty didn't old. Didn't he beat Schumacher? Yeah, he was pretty old. Yeah, though. so, and didn't Lewis beat him? Lewis beat So, who? wouldn't that make Hamilton better than Schumacher <laughs> in Formula One logic? Or am I wrong about this? Oh, my gosh. It really does depend <laughs> which side of the partisan fence you talk to. And, uh, oh, I, I love, I love how much the Lewis and Nico battle. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I couldn't people. resist it just came into my head i could not resist <laughs> all right guys uh so i've completely lost where we were that was it chris i was saying mercedes fan mclaren fans should just disappear into a cave they're irrelevant this year i don't care how much their ice improves <laughs> well i mean the uh the honda engine still sounds like a box of nuts to be honest you know it's so uh, you can rattle it around and uh, it just sounds really unclean and and just just horrible when uh when it accelerates away so I, I think they'd have to do a lot to improve it to get it up to to the standard of of, of even the Ferrari. Never mind the the Mercedes engine. Um, but and and I'm not sure this um, this size zero fantastic concept has uh, really materialised. I, I think if uh, if that was the case, I think they'd be making you know leaps forward. But uh, they they seem to believe in themselves that they've got this uh, this wonder bullet. If only they could put a, a decent Mercedes engine in it. I don't know. I think that's that's a very very convenient excuse, isn't it? Because they they're not going to have to put their money where their mouth is at any time. They're never going to have a Mercedes engine handed to them and be found out. So it's a very easy and throwaway <laughs> thing to say. So uh, yeah. before we go to China, very quickly, because we've we've gone we've gone on in a good way that I don't mind, guys. But your your American team, I'm going to make you the harsh correspondent there, Matt. Grosjean has come out and says, "Has have got half a second to find." But don't everyone, doesn't everyone develop that sort of amount of time through the midseason? Yeah, I think I think that that I'm not sure if he's saying it's there and they've not unlocked it or they will need to come up with that in order to continue to maintain the finishes that they've had. But they've definitely benefited, let's be honest, from the fact that once again, the Italians could not depend could not build a reliable and dependable engine. <laughs> I think Ferrari have yet to finish two actual cars. Yeah, in the first they, two races of the year, that's true. So, so that's helped out, but but I don't know. Going back to Red Bull, Ricciardo's last finish was a pretty strong P four. He doesn't really have much competition right there, and and if the Renault engine is supposed to be good for something like thirty five plus horsepower, it, they could start at certain tracks to trouble Ferrari a bit. I think what the, or at least the, the less, second running Ferrari, the yeah. less power dependent tracks. You're thinking, yeah, yeah, the ones that, are, that that use more arrow, the twistier ones. They're all a bit twisty. Okay, before we move on to China, anything from the chat room, Tony? Tony, you're on mute, buddy. <laughs> I know. I was going, no, no, no. I was having technical difficulties. <laughs> it's one button, for goodness' sake. <laughs> Put the tequila down. I'm trying to multitask. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Read words and push buttons at the same time is very complicated. No, nothing going on in the chat room. All right, then. Let's, um, I don't know. Let's move on to China. There is a race next weekend. They're coming thick and fast. And this one's got a long straight. And when we say a long straight, Matt, we're talking like grease lightning long 
we're talking the longest straight in Formula One, something like 1.2 kilometers long. It's a hell of a sniper shot down that straight. It's followed by one of the slowest and tightest turns on the. Oh, is the the, so there's a right hand hairpin that goes back on itself like all hairpins do uh and that's the tightest one is it so i mean it's a very very interesting corner now i don't know if f1 drivers ever get bored but when i play the f1 computer games i i get bored on that straight yeah i could i could see that i i imagine a few pizza delivery orders were placed like during that so if we could just um that's the time if we're going to have in-car conversations with the drivers like formula e do that would be the one to go to so Chris, I would that... love to see that. <laughs> Chris, does this make does this make China a power track? Because we were having a, an argument with a friend that shall remain nameless, who, who who classes this as not a power track, but with a, with a one point two kilometer straight, it, it, surely it has to be. I, I think it's is very important here. You need the you need the power to go down that straight, but also the uh, the traction to get off the corner just before it, because the the corner leading onto it is quite a it's a it's a banked right hand corner, and if you've not got good traction, you're not going to get off there either. That, now that's an interesting corner, that one you say, because it it, it starts off very difficult with no downforce whatsoever and it's not until about halfway round that the downforce actually builds to get you onto the straight so it's almost like two corners in that one sweeping bend yeah and with the with the torque that they've got these days it's really hard to keep the back end in check as you come round there because if you planted the throttle you'd just be doing donuts around there yeah that's That'll what be, would happen. <laughs> that would be great for the, the three <laughs> fans that, that go to the Chinese Grand Prix, but um, they... Now, yeah. it's interesting. You say what well, is not very well attended. Do you know the capacity of that stadium is t- 200,000? What do you reckon they get? I reckon it's got to be at half that. Well, that's still quite impressive. Are you a fan of this track, Chris? Um, I do I do like it. It's it's certainly got a an interesting layout. It tends to produce an interesting race, but as I'm a gamer myself and, and on the simulators, I'm absolutely rubbish at this one. Um, I, I get owned every single time I go there. So clearly, I'm, I, it's not one of my favourites. What system have you got? I've got a PS4. Oh, you got the wrong one. Unlucky. Uh, if anyone wants to add Spanners Ready on Xbox Live, I do try and get on Forza whenever I can. You're more than welcome to, to jump in and show me how it's done. Uh, PS4, though. Oh, my God. Why? I'm going to buy an Xbox just to show you how it's done, Spanners. Bring it on. I don't mind. I'd rather, that have, I'd rather love a 360 than a PS4, to be honest. <laughs> so, oh, beg your pardon. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> Not very professional. Okay then. So, given that this what track, <laughs> given that this track is uh, that took me by surprise. Given that this track is a power circuit and also not apparently, so you need everything on this track. That that puts it. You know, Mercedes are not going to have any particular disadvantage because they seem like the complete package. Uh, but you don't get held up in China, do you? Because if you've got the power to get past, you just get past. Yeah, and the DRS tends to be very, very good around here because they've got such a long straight. You can just really get in the slipstream and, and, and go past. I actually love China. I love it more for anything else because Sebastian Buemi's wheels fell off at the end of that straight. And I think that's one of the best Formula One shots I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> just like literally wheels coming off the car for no apparent reason. And I never, I never got an official explanation as to why exactly that happened. But it, just for that, just for the fact that it might happen again, I think I always love watching China. 
I think it was probably one of um, Bernie's little ways to spice up the show. He probably put explosives in the wheels and just pressed a button and they all just came flying off. Okay, we all did terribly last time out on predictions. So I want to hear your predictions this week. And Matt, if you're going to go with your normal one, I want some justification for it this time. What are you going for, for the podium? Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton to win, Rosberg for second, and Vettel for third, because I think his his Ferrari won't try and elect a new pope on the formation lap this year. Uh, it won't uh, billow white smoke. Isn't it black smoke once they've decided? Oh, is it white smoke? It is white smoke. It's white smoke. Yeah. Chris, yeah, who I said you... this year I meant this race, but, you know. Chris, who do you think is going to take clean up on the podium? Uh, well, Hamilton's got good form at this track. He's won four times around here compared to Rosberg's one. Although, if you're going to go by that, then my podium would have to be Hamilton, Alonso, and then I think uh, then Rosberg after that. So probably won't go with that one, if Alonso's even there, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I think Hamilton will get it back this time. I think he'll get his clutch sorted, and then and it will be a straight fight, and I think he'll take it. Okay, and I predict a Ferrari to sneak in into second place and go for Lewis, Sebastian, and Rosberg. Who do you fancy, Tony? All right, just before I say, I just want to jump in and say um, an LP228 says the main grandstand in China is bigger than Old Trafford and that the only <laughs> good corner on the whole track is on the final corner. So that makes sense. You want everybody to see that, don't you? And also, he's very excited to see how super soft tyres will hold up there. He thinks Grosjean, is that the way to pronounce Grosjean. it? Grosjean will get top five. So I think he will get a top three. Pff, way to use a name you recently heard. In the follow-up question. Uh, yeah, no, that is an interesting last turn, actually, in China, because it looks for all the world like it would be flat. But I think they do actually have to lift before coming into the home straight. So you see quite a lot of people uh, running wide in the grandstand into that into that runoff area. All right, then. So let's go for Let's just quickly test your guys' metal. When was the first Chinese Grand Prix? Matt? 2004. Chris? Yep. Oh, yep, I think Matt, instead of, tell you what, shout it out, and we'll just give the point to whoever gets it first. How long is the circuit? Six. <laughs> Six what? Six camels? Six. <laughs> I panicked. Uh... <laughs> I'm to get in first. <laughs> it's one Formula what? One unit long. <laughs> Tony, I'm going to give it to you. It's very close. 5.4 kilometers. Yes, well done. <laughs> How many times has Lewis Hamilton won the Chinese Grand Prix? Six. Four. Four. Chris gets that point, and I believe you're winning now because that was a double point for some reason. How many times have Ferrari won the Chinese Grand Prix? Three. Since I'm pausing, you'd think you'd either (laughs) say two or four. (laughs) The answer is four. They won in 2004, six, seven, and 13. Uh, It goes to me there for making such a good question. And uh, finally, what is the length of the back straight? 1.2 kilometers. One one thousand one hundred and seventy meters, to be precise. Well done, Chris. Have you got that in front of you, or is that something you've memorised, or did you count it as you were driving it on your PlayStation Four? <laughs> I've written my preview already, so I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Okay then, uh, Tony. That only leaves to find out what was uh, from the UStream. What was the comment of the week? What was the comment of the week? This week, I'm mixing it up. We're not going to go with the Ustream chat. There's going to be something from the Facebook page. Uh, and it is regarding the uh, story that came that Formula 1 cars are more efficient than the latest Tesla. Now, Martin posted this story, Martin Hills, 
And uh, he says, I think my next next car will be a Formula One car. Not sure if the <laughs> wife will be happy with the monthly <laughs> payments on that, though. And then you put, then ask your wife why she hates the environment. Yeah. Now, I, I, I know Martin and his wife well. Martin's a good friend of mine. And I know for a fact, it, it's not a question of monthly payments that his wife would be concerned about. It's 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 a question of driving ability. <laughs> Does he's, Martin lack driving ability? He, he's a crasher. He's a crasher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So that's why his wife will be worried they'll end up under an articulated lorry. Yes, lots and lots of fun this week we've had on the Facebook group search Missed Apex podcast. There's 42 people in there. You could be the 43rd. Join that. That's your group. You post what you like, keep it clean. Follow us on Twitter at Missed Apex F1. We try and use the hashtag We Live F1 whenever we remember. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Martin, for Comment of the Week. So all that leaves us to do is beg for iTunes reviews. Go to iTunes and search Mixed Apex. (laughs) No, don't. Search Missed Apex, please. And a review helps us a lot. Chris, where can people find you? Uh, So you can find me on Twitter at CatmanF1 and also at my website, www.catmanf1.com. You've got uh, your own website? Yeah. I didn't know that. I've got my own website. It's a bit bit childish. It's... uh, It's it's not a clean cut one. It's just got um, loads of pictures and stuff, and all my it's basically just a portfolio of all my work. So head on over. Excellent, Tony. Where can people catch up with you? And presumably podcasts where you're just on mute all the time, drinking tequila. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm on the Dad's View podcast. I hear with it's a, good. A I handsome hear... guy uh, who produces that. Oh, Spanner's ready. He's he's all right. I'm also on at Dad's View on Twitter and search a Dad's View on facebook and we're on there we mess about we have a laugh it's not just boring soppy oh woe is me dad stuff no there's no feelings we had a discussion about what feelings were but it soon got abandoned matt where can people find you on the internet no matter where i go there i am what's that buckaroo bonsai never seen it what is it is it an old oh my god only one of the world's best movies but that's okay i expect nothing from you youngs plug your stuff and shut up right so you can find me on twitter at MattPT55. And if you're looking for a good way to be able to watch the next race, buy your beloved a copy of my wife's <laughs> new book, A Common <laughs> Scandal, Amanda Weaver on Amazon and whatever other electronic bookseller you can find. You do some race reviews as well, do you not, Matt? It is possible I will write a race review this weekend. I don't know, we're moving, so the plan is I will do it, but... As with all good plans, it may not survive contact with the enemy. At thejudge13.com, you can look for my race and quality reviews. Wounds heal, chick stick scars, and glory lasts forever. See you next time on Missed Apex. You're totally meant to leave me more time to do my witty Keanu Reeves catchphrase. They're not witty. Makes you look rushed and hurried. <laughs> Tony, you were disappointing, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, I did a lot of typing as well, unmuted, so you're going to have to pick that up in the edit. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> any you know indication of where or time? Just hunt through the whole thing? Probably ten minutes ago. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? 
boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.